Well, our, uh, our speaker today is uh, somebody that uh, all of you know, and he's a member of our church. He's on the leadership team. He's a uh, uh, good, strong Christian, knows the Bible. And with that, I give you Ezra Engel. Hey everybody, hope you're enjoying your breakfast. I did. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you so much for this group of guys that gets together, eats breakfast, and gets to know each other a little better and think about you. I pray that you challenge each of us to be more men of God than we were the year before, the day before as we look to you as our model. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So there's a lot of um, events, and it maybe just has to do with the, um, the news cycle or what you know, media likes to put out in front of us to get headlines, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of messed up stuff that seems to be coming up, that is coming to my attention as far as, uh, you know, warlike things happening. Like just just around the couple blocks from my house, somebody does a drive-by shooting at the mall. And somebody's shot and killed a 32-year-old. And you think, those are times when I stop and I think, why, why, does, this, why does this have to be the way that people do things? Like, it doesn't, I can't really wrap my mind around why someone would think that was the the logical course of action for them. And I don't have the answers for that, but I know that um, around us there's, there's, a, there's a war going on. There's a spiritual battle, you know, that some of you may, may be aware of um, that you read about in Scripture, that there's, you know, angels and demons fighting for the outcome of our lives, for the influence of each of us. And then there's, you know, things like shootings and, and um, violence that happen around us. But what does God call us to? I mean, in some ways we're, you know, to engage in a spiritual battle with God's power. But I think that when you step back and you think, who was who God when he came to the earth as a man in Jesus Christ? And he was known as the Prince of Peace. So all, but the, the question I have whenever you think, you know, somebody of peace, what, what are the kind of images that come to mind? You, you know, when you think peace as a guy, what, is, uh, what are the kind of images that come, come to mind for you? Like, how do you, how do you identify with, with peace for yourself? Like what is the um, what comes to mind for my, myself when I think peace? I think I just kind of imagine like some kind of a a, a free love hippie kind of guy saying like you know peace man you know we can all get along and they just kind of ignore any sources of conflicts you know just because they want peace so much that they're willing to give a pass to any um, um, moral problems or, or wrongs in the world. They just kind of 
look at it with, with a blind eye. And that's not what I think God calls us to. But when I, when I look at the idea of peace in, in the Bible, that peace is not something that just occurs because nobody was paying attention or, or thought about war. Peace, peace occurs after authority has been established, you know, after a battle. You know, there's two kingdoms fighting for control of a certain area, and one establishes control over that area, and then peace occurs. And so when I look at Jesus as the Prince of Peace, I, I think that's because he, has already, he already is the victor in the spiritual battle for, for this earth. We see these little skirmishes around us, but he's the Prince of Peace because he's, he's Lord. And if we accept him as Lord, then we have, given, we have accepted his authority, and we're no longer fighting with him for control of our lives. In Isaiah 9, verse 6, it says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And that's where I was just looking at that Prince of Peace stuff. And that's what I want to focus on this morning. I already talked about what causes peace and how does that come about. Some thoughts I had were submission to God is, a, is an ingredient that leads to peace. Um, justice, trust in God, having our needs met, being in, a, in an area where we're not hungry or thirsty, um, and having enough rest. These are all things that when you look at um, Psalm 23... Uh, David writes, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In this psalm, David's using the analogy of, of a sheep and a shepherd. He's, I've heard it explained that a sheep will not lay down unless there's food and water, unless they're well-fed and they feel protected, and the shepherd can do that. Otherwise, they'll be standing up. Sheep are very skittish, very afraid animals by default. And so he's using this example because once you accept you know, the, the lordship of Christ and you understand his protective rod and staff, they comfort you. Although God can discipline us and he can bring pain, um, he, he protects us, and he wants what's best for us. Fear cannot coexist with peace. If fear overwhelms you, then you don't understand God's perspective and his power. Ask God to reveal himself to you through his word. Read and pray. So sometimes 
I think I know that God is there to protect me, and I know certain things about God, and so I shouldn't be afraid or, or, or think rehearsing too many things um, in my mind of things that might make me feel insecure. But usually that, that means that I'm, I've made myself so busy that I'm not really spending time with God. You know, you're not laying down in that pasture with the shepherd, you know, because you're doing other things. You, you remember, you're looking back to when you were close with God, but you're feeling that coldness of being away from him. And I also just have some verses that I, that as I was reading, I just, they really, um, they really encourage me, and so I hope that they can be an encouragement to you. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, Paul writes, But in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. So he's asking us to set apart Christ as Lord. So it's not just asking us to acknowledge what God has done, but setting apart Christ as Lord is saying He is the the boss, of, you know, the, the one who directs my life, and um, and do this in your heart. So this is. A lot of us naturally feel led by the desires of our heart that can go one way or another. Um, and so it's not just an act of the will, but you're, ask, you're basically training your heart to make this your passion. So, um, so then obedience to God and following God's commands is something that comes naturally. It's not forced like, oh, I should do this. I should... Um, do the right thing because it's you know the right thing, but but no, I'm doing it because I love God, because God is my shepherd, because I'm secure and I'm at peace when I'm right with God. And I also want to call attention to an overlooked part of this verse, the the very last phrase: "Do this with gentleness and respect." When you want to be ready um, to give an answer to people who ask you what. Why do you have this hope? Why do you have this peace when all this turmoil is around you? Um, when you share something with somebody, you have to think about where they're coming from as you choose what words or how to present it to them. You know, we don't waver about what the truth is, but there are many ways that we can share something with someone in a respect for where they're coming from and in gentleness because... If someone is living in sin and far apart from God, they're not um, always the most receptive to you laying down the law to them saying, this is wrong, even though you know it's wrong. Sometimes you need to let them know that you care about them. You know, you're not just um, giving them a hellfire and brimstone sermon. You know, you you want to tell them that yes, there is a hell, but I don't want you to go there. Because I care for you. Um, more on peace. Uh, Hebrews 12, verse 14 says, Make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. There's a, there's a trend among 
a lot of people that discuss the scripture that I've, I've heard, where people say, well, holiness is, is this far out thing that, that nobody can attain because that's perf- perfection. God is holy. I'm not holy. I'm sinful man. And, and we do have sin that we work, work out with. But God calls us to be holy, not just as this unachievable pursuit, but it's, it's, it's being set apart for God's use. And so as you do that, people can see the Lord. People can get a glimpse of who God is because you're reflecting that. God reveals himself through his followers to the seeking. Be holy, be always set apart for God's will. This is your greatest witness. And for those of you who are, who are fathers or those of you who have people that are under your supervision... I want to make a special emphasis to remember that your children learn so much from watching how you do life. So do it well. First Thessalonians four eleven through twelve. Another verse that just I feel like it's it's like my life verse. It's something that just kind of clicks with me and makes me think like, yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. <laughs> First Thessalonians. Chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, says, Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your hands, just as we told you, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders, and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. Now, this is the instructions that Paul was giving to the Thessalonians, and I'm sure that there was some reason that he was giving that. It's not saying, everybody, work with your hands, you know, drop your... You know, cloud-based job or something like that. Um, but I think when he says, make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, to work with your hands, it says to me, like, you're not looking for drama. You're not looking to pick up fight with people. You know, um, Jesus was the Prince of Peace, but that didn't mean that he cowered away, you know, from, a, from an altercation or something. He was confident, he knew his power, but he wasn't eager to use it, you know, just you know, out, of, out of sheer testosterone or something. <laughs> I'm sure some of you have felt that boiling up in you at certain times, and you think, Lord, help me be a man of peace. You know, maybe after. You might think, oh, I should have been a man of peace. But, it, you know, there's a lot of wisdom, there's a lot of blessing that can come from having that restraint, that strength under control. That Jesus exemplifies the apex of that, I think, would be when he was um, leading up to the crucifixion. He has all the power to create and destroy the world, and yet he willingly walks up to be crucified by his own people that he's dying for. Proverbs 14, verse 30 says, A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. And I look at envy as a driver of so many things that I think can be detrimental in a family. Um, I just think of like guys that I that I work with, coworkers that seem to be. Some of them are just constantly driven to get as much overtime as they can, not because they have things that they need to pay for, but just kind of like that's their new standard of living. Is I want to amass as much wealth as I can so that I can, you know, entertain and and, and do fun things. And I think about. 
my own childhood with my own father, how he was looking to, and he was, he was a godly man, and there was a lot that I learned from him, but the, the one negative that I got was that at a certain point he got so, much, so many accolades from work that I could, I could sense that as a child, that he was being drawn more to work, you know, kind of unnecessary overtime, just because he loved being the guy who could solve it all at work. And it, and it kind of had a chilling effect to the, the temperature in the, of the family. And so I, I'm very aware of that when I'm looking at work, and I'm almost afraid of, um, of being drawn into that sort of success vortex of like, Ezra, you're doing a great job at work, and I'd love if you could work on this project. And I'm like, well, maybe think about it, you know. <laughs> Talk to my wife a little bit. You know, cause, um, because I think that contentment is a lot more of a valuable asset than, you know, just looking for the next thing that money might be able to buy. Okay. Am I doing on time? You're doing good. Okay. All right. It's, it's funny. Weeks ago when I was asked, asked to speak, I was thinking, what would I talk about? What would I talk about? And once I dive into the Word and get some verses, I'm like, what can I not talk about? <laughs> like I got to kind of reel it back a little bit, you know, because I've got enough for a week seminar or something. But, um, you know, as, as I read the Bible, the Bible becomes more um, applicable. As you ruminate on it, as you, as you read it and reread it, there's more that comes up and you're like, yes, that is the answer. This is the way. And I think the, even more than just the particular words of verses that I read is just seeing the attitude of Christ Jesus. As you see how he relates to people, he doesn't always go to somebody and say, I, you know, I'm picking a fight. I want to debate with you. Um, more often, he asks them a question to make them think. And I just love that about Jesus as he asks people questions to engage their mind. Matthew 5, 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. I want to be called a son of God. I want to be a peacemaker. Many men find honor in an impressive title. Manager, supervisor, vice president, journeyman. The greatest honor for anyone is to be called sons of God. How can I grow in peace? Are there some habits or tips I could, look, I could look to? What did my father show me as an example to do? God, our father, and Jesus being our, our example. Another verse that really strikes a chord with me, maybe because I've kind of, I kind of embrace the morning person thing, even though I don't normally feel that's my natural tendency. I don't know, I just... My days are great when I start off pretending to be a morning person. <laughs> Mark chapter 1, verses 35 through 39 says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So we traveled throughout Galilee, 
preaching in their synagogues, and driving out demons. So Jesus would, you know, pick a fight with demons. <laughs> he would do all this stuff that seems impressive to us, but he didn't do that just out of sheer, you know, willpower, just jumped out of bed. It's like, all right, let's go fight demons. Let's go, you know, preach, preach the gospel. He went off to a solitary place. He went to a peaceful place where it was just him and God, a time to be quiet. And that's getting harder to find. You can't be solitary and silent and quiet. I know me as a father of five children, this is not something that you accidentally happen upon. You have to intentionally make an appointment and, and make other choices to make sure that it happens. Time alone with God is, is really important. And in my case, the morning is, is probably the only quiet time in my life. And so sometimes, you know, when the little girls go to bed, you know, sometimes I'm like, I need to go to bed too. <laughs> so I just go to sleep and then I wake up early in the morning feeling good. And I can have that time to just kind of sit and instead of go on my smartphone to Facebook and see who posted something at midnight, I can open up in my Bible app and, and read through some, some scripture and think about it and pray. And, um, and I feel so much more fulfilled and less drained by going to that solitude and the time with God rather than seeing what everybody else is up to or what's on the news feed or something like that. So don't let others' anxiety and stress keep you from being a person of peace. In verse 37 of this passage, I want to reiterate, when they found him, after he's been up, you know, I'm sure they were sleeping, but then when they get up, they're like, where's Jesus? They find him. They say, everyone is looking for you. So when you do this quiet time with God, when you seek that out different times, maybe it's not in the morning, maybe it's in the evening, maybe it's, you know, some other time of the day, um, not everyone's going to just be excited about it and be like, good for you. I'm glad that you, you, know, you have this time, quiet time with God. Some people are going to be like, what are you doing? You've got work to do. You've got stuff to, you know, like, what are you just daydreaming or something? Did you fall asleep? <laughs> You're in your little prayer closet. And like, what are you? You fell asleep in there. Um, so don't let others, others' anxiety and stress control you. Don't, don't just be a reactor to the people around you. Um, if you're going to react to something, react to the Word of God and what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. So I want to encourage you guys to invo- avoid the peace breakers. You know, blessed are the peacemakers. And so your assignment for this week is to avoid the peace breakers. And what I've come up with in this little short list is, is hurry, worry, envy, hunger and fear, Unconfessed sin, ignorance of God's word, and busyness. Now, how you go about doing that, maybe just pick one this week. You can give you too long of a list and you'll just kind of glaze over. But one of those things might, might pop out to you. Maybe you're always in a hurry. Maybe you procrastinate and you don't plan steps ahead. And so you're always like, oh, I got to do this, I got to do that. Maybe busyness. Maybe you feel like you're being lazy. You have this sense of insecurity that if you're not performing at a certain level, then people will think less of you. Um, so God gave us you know, a day of rest. He gave us commands about that. He gave us 
patterns of, of quietness and uh, challenge. And so don't just look at the challenge and ignore the quietness as unproductive time. That's how we fuel to be able to fight those demons like Jesus did. Um, and let God fill you. We can't do this on our own power. Finally, Jesus accomplished what mattered to God in his time on earth as a physical, limited human being. He limited himself, and he accomplished all of this with the power that's made available to each of us. We also can accomplish what matters to God in our time on earth as well. If you have chosen to follow Christ, his power and his wisdom is freely given to those who will listen and those who choose to obey his word. God speaks to each of us differently as we read his word. He gives us different little messages, little missions to obey. And he might, he might have already given you a mission that you haven't yet obeyed. You say, I'm almost ready for that, God. But I encourage you to, to jump in with both feet, to let him be your shepherd, to rest in his protection and to spend quiet time alone with him and he will make your path straight he will give you uh, the title sons of God and I encourage you to do that Lord thank you so much that you have modeled peace when you came to this earth. And the way that you establish peace is by establishing your authority and your dominion over, over the whole world. And because we are sons of you, then we can live in peace as well. Help us to extend that peace, that humility, and that confidence as we relate to the world and always be ready to give an answer to those for the hope that we have. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.